Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Let me welcome to the show. He is the founder of Verdicti Ventures and managing director of Rocktree. He's a blockchain expert, even though he's going to push back on that, but we're going to talk about it in a second. Let me welcome Mr. Kevin O'Brien to the Karen Hunter Show. Hello. Thank you, Karen. Privileged to be here. Great to see you. Um, yeah, I called you during the break, an expert, and you were like, hold up, hold up. <laughs> so why did why'd you push back? How long have you been studying this, and why don't you consider yourself an expert? Uh, I've been in crypto about four years. Uh, I came into the industry. I was working my past life as digital marketing and advertising, and I began in about 2017 investigating ways to bring efficiencies into the digital marketing space. So everyone's aware of uh, like social media and display media advertising and how prolific that has become over the internet in the last 20 years. Uh, but be, you know, beneath the surface of that is a lot of stuff going on and, and a lot of inefficiencies. So I was looking at ways and technology solutions to bring streamlined efforts into that and transparency into it, right? So visibility on where budget spend actually goes for small businesses trying to set, uh, grow sales and really expand where where they're coming from uh, but then as like as i started in, in crypto there's a phrase called going down the rabbit hole uh, when you begin to investigate crypto your head starts spinning and you really have this alice in wonderland effect where you start going down the rabbit hole your brain starts exploding in terms of the amount of applications and different verticals and industries that this could be applied to. And you really start to understand that we're only at the beginning of this really, really nascent technology. Uh, you, you said you were in marketing and that to me, you know, I, I don't play with my money. I work way too hard for it. Right. And uh, this money is going to have to last me till I'm 120. So <laughs> I'm not doing anything too speculative. So I have a, a little bit of coin in crypto. But you. I don't believe in it because I feel like it's marketing, like the NFT craze right now where yeah. you have every celebrity and their mother with a with an NFT. And I'm like, it's marketing. It's like it's a little Ponzi-ish because, yeah. you know, the people who come in, you know, first you get people come in, you can, people come in and it drives up the price and then you cash out and then rinse and repeat. Too many uh, Winklevoss and Elon Musk's in the world who can manipulate this space for me to feel a hundred percent comfortable putting, but so much of my coin into the crypto space thoughts on mm -hmm. that, Kevin O'Brien. Well, my thoughts are Karen that, uh, you know, the traditional markets or wall street markets has these same, uh, individual types in there that can sway markets at the drop of a hat, you know? So yeah, like I I'm not going to deny that the cryptocurrency industry is really young. It's only been around, you know, 12, 13 years in terms of Bitcoin's uh, birth in 2009. So in terms of where it's gotten to from there is pretty incredible to think that it's now challenging Wall Street. It's now challenging new ideals, new paradigms in terms of economic development, the way companies are structured, how creatives, how artists can now uh, expand upon their business through, and you mentioned NFTs, yeah, like for sure, there's lots of hype and, you know, it's currently going through this hype cycle. But for me, it's quite interesting because NFTs have been one of these memes that has really jumped the chasm for crypto. 
you know, before NFTs, everyone heard of the blockchain, maybe if not everyone, but everyone, like people heard of the blockchain and, and different types of applications or what it might be used for cryptocurrencies. But I think NFTs has been this like monumental moment in society and human evolution that now as a meme, like Whoa. NFT. What meme. you wait? I, whoa, like, whoa! Thousand. I gotta let's stop, Kevin O'Brien. Human evolution. You put Correct. human evolution in the same sentence as an NFT. Yeah, forgive me, but I, I believe in it too. Oh my gosh! Okay, so this is why I'm struggling. Um, and you mentioned the people in the stock market. I do believe there's a level of manipulation for sure. You got the Charlie Mungers and the Warren Buffetts and the, you know, the folk that can, I mean, Warren Buffett just put a buttload of money this week in energy. Like they Mm -hmm. haven't, you know, um, they haven't been really investing for the last few months. And then it was like, boom, he's like put a whole lot and shifted the market there. Mm -hmm. And also going into a crypto friendly bank as well. I think he revealed a five, billion dollar position in a crypto friendly bank so which should scare you a little bit because what it says to me is yes there's a tremendous opportunity there's an upside it's all about to me you know we used to trade cowrie shells in africa right shells before before it was salt salt was the currency of the day gold gold started being replaced by the dollars because it was so mansa moose you couldn't just carry a caravan of camels with thousands of pounds of gold everywhere so they they made dollars or paper paper currency that was backed by gold and then america's like eh, we don't even need to back it by anything we're just gonna have our trust out there so in many ways the whole currency marketplace is is based on fairy dust and trust and fake fake stuff right it's it's a lot of prop propaganda and marketing around because what is backing this dollar right now nothing absolutely nothing but our military (laughs) <laughs> basically because we wish you would try to get off the dollar Qaddafi and we'll show you what's going to happen but we've all agreed um that we're going to use this currency I feel like y- it could happen with crypto in the same kind of way but we still we have some impulsive uh people running it so when you talk about Buffett and Munger we're talking about people 80 90 years old who have been in the stock market for 70 years and it has steadily gone up over the, the the arc of its existence and the majority of people are not in the stock market. So it, you know, it just feels more, even though we're in a bear market right now, more of a better bet to place your money over time. Are you in the stock market at all? Kevin O'Brien? Um, a little bit, but I'm like for sure, you know, majority biased uh, into crypto only because like, yeah, I am in it day to day and it is, um, what I get up and do in the morning and I go to sleep out at night. So I do have more purview, I guess, into maybe some risks or maybe opportunities in there as well. So yeah, for all your listeners, like this is not, um, you know, this is not something that you should just jump into and and, uh, on an NFT craze or, and uh, in crypto it's called aping in, right? So the community would call aping into a, a particular coin or a project. Because there is, you need to do your own due diligence. You need to go in, figure out whether this makes sense for you and your portfolio. And just like any any investment uh, criteria, and this is for sure not investment advice, but you need to understand what you're doing before you you actually play in that particular space. We're talking with Kevin O'Brien. Uh, he is the founder of Verdicti Ventures, which is a what? what how would you describe Verdicti? 
a blockchain advisory company. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. So four years ago, you were doing marketing. What was the thing that made you come into this crypto space and the blockchain? Well, as I mentioned at the start of this, it's like I was trying to figure out how to bring efficiencies into the digital advertising space and the plumbing and the infrastructure of the world's um, display media advertising. And, and this uh, blockchain as a, as a technology solution, like any technology, it's neutral. It can be used for, for bad or it can be used for a lot, a lot of good things. And crypto or blockchain itself as an underlying technology can bring in huge efficiencies and transparency into a technology solution. Uh, so the, there's rough, rough estimates, but anywhere between like 15 to 30% can be stripped out of an organization's cost struck operating costs in some, in some cases where they introduce blockchain technology just by the inherent efficiencies that it brings to it. I'm I'm asking more of a of a phys, you know like what was the first thing you invested in and why I know that you you know you went to Dublin you 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 have the brogue uh, you're originally from Scotland Ireland Ireland you're yeah, from okay. Ireland um, and then you went to MIT where you're certified on artificial intelligence business strategy but you're mostly you know it's PR right that's that's what your undergrad is in. Uh, in yep. your master's, right? You have a master's in PR as well? I have a master's in digital marketing. Correct. Digital marketing. Yeah. Okay. So what was the first coin or was it Bitcoin? Was it Ethereum? Because four years ago, you weren't even doing the mining. Like the mining yeah. goes way back. We've been talking crypto on this show from day one with Rick uh, and Sinclair uh, Skinner, who's from BitMari. We've been talking about Bitcoin since you could actually mine a coin, you know, with the with the formulas. Like that's how long... So you didn't come in. You came in four years ago when you could just go on a Coinbase or something and buy a coin. So what did you what did you start with? I think it's like I, I had the same uh, kind of uh, journey that most people have in crypto. Like Bitcoin is the mother of of the industry, and it is the first one that people should uh, involve themselves with and really fundamentally understand what it's doing. Uh, proof of work, which is how Bitcoin is actually mined and how blocks are created and the reward mechanism behind that. And what is the inbuilt scarcity to Bitcoin over time, whereby I think it's 2140, like 2140, uh, so about 120 years from now, the last Bitcoin block will be uh, mined. So we have another 120 years of this kind of journey with Bitcoin uh, in this parallel state as an asset uh, class that people can get exposure to, and and even Wall Street are waking up to this. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of names that you mentioned uh, and others now are starting to slowly gravitate towards it, and even have like one two percent exposure. Okay, I'm gonna ask again. What did you come in to the big? Was it Bitcoin? How much did you buy? What was it traded at at the time? And, you know, what was the immediate like rush to say, I need to do more of this? Um, did you come in with one whole coin? Was it trading at, I think, four years ago? It might have been, what was it, 20 something thousand? Oh, even like even like less. 9,000? Because it had dropped at some point. I follow yeah. this stuff every day, whether I get in there or not, because I feel like you need to know a little bit about everything. Um, and that's why I keep a little bit of money in. So it forces me to watch the markets every day. Like right now, I think Bitcoin is trading at, and it has got as high as 60,000, right? When, um, 
El Salvador moved its whole currency, its whole economy over to Bitcoin, and then it plummeted. So do you you so you got in early? Did you buy one whole coin, or was it a lot of coins? And then you watched it go up, and then you're like, "Yay!" I I, I wish one whole coin, uh, but I definitely did not uh, purchase a whole Bitcoin at the time. I I, I put some money into it. Uh, I started spreading out, uh, similar to you, by the sounds of it. I got into Ethereum then, and then when I fully understand understood what was going on there, I moved into other. Uh, other alternatives around uh, the marketplace. And some of them are solving for lots of different things. Like there's a layer, a layer one technology, which is Bitcoin and Ethereum, where a lot of other company and applications can get built on top of it. And that's why Ethereum accrues so much value and Bitcoin accrues so much value. But there is other niche blockchain crypto solutions that are specific to say music or art or uh, maybe even a creative endeavor. So. Yeah, it, like not all not all projects are created equal, but Bitcoin is definitely the pathway for a newbie or even individuals that are just getting familiar with it to uh, understand. So if I'm if I'm just jumping in and I'm on Binance right now, Binance.us, where you can see all of what's trading and what is trading at in real time. Um, Bitcoin, of course, is the, is the big daddy at the top of the food chain is trading at $38,563.02 right now, followed by Ethereum, which is trading at $2,573.29 right now. It's up today as well as Bitcoin. Um, would you, would you suggest people look at a, cause Shibu Inu or something was trading at some point. That was like a, one of them GameStop type of, you know, nothing there coins that people were jumping in trying to hit the lotto um i know cardano's a lot of talk about cardano and it's down to 79 cents now when it was up you know a few months ago what would you recommend for people to do right now if they have a spare thousand dollars uh well this is not investment advice uh but if you were uh i don't know looking into this industry i think it's like like we mentioned you know i think bitcoin is your is your best one in terms of just understanding what's going on i don't have any like secret sauce to share here today um because it is it's one of these situations where you need to be following the news it is your own investment strategy and you as an individual or if you're doing it on behalf of a company you need to do your due diligence on the market on the project itself and you can't just do due diligence and then go asleep and not look at it for six months. Uh, you need to be kind of staying on top of it, just like any any kind of asset or an investment um, instrument that you get involved in. Now, you did mention we are uh, in a particular, you know, you got to see what's going on in the world. Right now, there's a war going on, right? Ukraine is under attack. Russia is attacking them the eu and whatever exists of the of great britain is like should we get in america just shut off all you know dealings with oil natural gas etc with russia not so much with england because they are 40 percent invested in that market with them so it's so, sort of like the hypocritical situation but you could be next how does how does the crypto market protect people uh, and what is your suggestion with the volatility of where we are right now? Um, I, I, like one of the interesting examples that came out of this in terms of use cases for crypto is uh, charity funds were immediately be able to get funneled and sent 
directly to individuals, peer to peer. I believe Ukraine has raised over $60 million right now that has immediately gone to uh, medical and like helping out refugees and, and all of these uh, elements that you want to get immediate action into. So that is the beauty of blockchain. It's peer to peer. It's uh, permissionless. You can deliver uh, economic value into these situations quite rapidly. There's another concept called a DAO, which is a decentralized autonomous organization. But all that means is basically uh, a software application that coordinates individuals around a particular strategy. And Ukraine has launched its own DAO as well, which is also going to raise funds. And this is going to help. Uh, I was speaking to a friend the other day and I was saying, you know, even if they like physically really, really kind of uh, go after Ukraine and, and do a lot of destruction, which hopefully it never gets to that uh, absolute point. But the zeitgeist and the spirit and the ability for the Ukrainian people to organize themselves in a digital manner now has never existed before. And crypto and DAOs and the mobilization around this type of technology is really transformational. And I believe that even if physically the Ukrainian people are displaced, they themselves digitally as a diaspora have the ability to still coordinate themselves mm. as a united nation. Mm. Speaking of, of that, you've traveled the world. Um, are you optimistic about where we are right now? And what do you see is the future of currency? Because I mentioned the dollar, you know, being uh, strong only because America's strong. And America has the ability to take out anybody that wants to change the dollar <laughs> like Gaddafi wanted to change uh, how oil was bought in that place they call the Middle East, which is Africa. Uh, he wanted, you know, a united Africa and he wanted a different currency. And then he's not here anymore. Um, but I don't know if we can do that again. So the future, the dollar, you know, all of that. What do you and, and with now America or lawmakers and banks coming in because Jamie Dimon, uh, head of, of J.P. Morgan Chase, was like, nope, crypto, boo, now he's in it. And yeah. the other banks are joining. I think that undermines the whole anonymity, and now the IRS is involved. So, like, I have to claim my, my crypto this year or at least tell my accountant about it, which I was like, what's the point? I thought this was off the, di off the grid. I thought I could have this money growing money off the grid nobody would know about it but the irs wants to know so how do we avoid this kevin o'brien well I, I think to your point around the what's occurring with the dollar in general and yeah the like short history you know after world war ii the the bretton woods um uh, event occurred where essentially the a group of uh, the majority of the nation states in the world got together and everyone decided that the United States would be the reserve currency. And, and this happened in 1944. And then you mentioned earlier on that, in I think in 1971, Nixon came along and, and took the dollar off the gold reserve. And the reason why that was important is because the dollar was a tied to an asset that actually had to be moved around and controlled and accounted for. Once we decoupled from the gold standard, it became a fiat standard. And fiat is Latin. It basically means uh, because I decree or for, for the decree of, right? Which is basically saying that, look, the United States prints the US dollar and it's basically backed by 
the government itself, the conceptual idea of the government backing a currency, not by any one physical asset. But now you're getting into a, a situation on a geopolitical macro level where there is a de-dollarization occurring uh, across the world where we saw with COVID how while globalization was fantastic over the last 20, 30 years in growing lots of economic value worldwide in developing economies, you now have this uh, rush back to centralization and control over supply chains. And you're going to see a lot of this with currencies as well, where if it's Russia, China, and other developing nations, and you mentioned, I think we mentioned El Salvador, they're kind of saying, well, why, why do we need to be pegged to this particular instrument when it's much more benef beneficial for us to rely on some other asset or, or, or some other um, element here? So I think you're going to see a little bit of uh, de-dollarization. You're going to see the growth of digital assets and, and, and cryptocurrencies, and not in a, in a case where they're trying to come in and displace the dollar. It's almost like a parallel asset class that in terms of when there's risky situations or when there's uncertainty going on in the market, it's a haven for some people, but it's also a risk asset for, uh, for other individuals and, and institutions. So you can play it multiple ways. Uh, there's no clear crystal ball here in terms of what way it's going to go. So again, you know, everyone, uh, you need to stay aware and and get familiar with it, but watch the news. These things happen over a macro scale. You know, it's not gonna to happen tomorrow. It's not gonna happen in the next year, but for sure there's gonna be shifts in the way the global nation states interact with each other. And with digital assets coming into the fold, you now have the ability for value creation to maybe point back into a particular country or to a particular um, economy itself, depending on what what asset they're actually using. Mm. Uh, Kevin O'Brien's here. He's a blockchain, uh, ec uh, I'm gonna call him an expert, investor and artiste as well. Uh, he's from Dublin, which is why he's got that nice accent. Um, what are you selling? What What is the thing that you are attempting to get out of this? I think it's uh, self-sovereignty uh, is a fundamental core kind of ethos and principle behind blockchain and cryptocurrency. It's how do you mitigate yourself from lots of different things that happen at a government level, at a macro level, at an international level? How do you gain more control and provenance over your own destiny and future in this world that is somewhat outside of um interference and influence by these these other uh, areas that I mentioned. So I think crypto, you know, self-sovereignty is a huge uh, element to it. Like data privacy is another huge element to it. Uh, and as you know, we've got into a situation here of surveillance capitalism, you know, yes, we point the finger at other nation states for their, uh, their particular way of organizing their internet and how invasive perhaps they are in people's lives and information and identity. But in the West, we've gotten ourselves into a situation of surveillance capitalism where the internet essentially runs on our data and the monetization of that. So I, I'm hoping that over the next 20 years, blockchain can come in and still allow the internet to evolve and accelerate and deliver lots of nice economic value into 
into individuals and, and companies, but at the same time, put the control of that data and self-sovereignty and, and direction of an individual's or a company's um, information back into the control of the individual. Well, I'm I'm not sold, but I'm not not sold. And, uh, you know, I like to hedge my bets and keep something in. And I suggest that we do, too, because we don't know what the future is going to bring. And maybe the future is going to be absolutely, absolutely the blockchain, perhaps. Uh, and, Kevin, we're going to keep keep you in in mind. Uh, Verdicti.io. V-E-R-D-I-C-T-I dot I-O. That is a Latin word. That means what? Uh, well, it's, it's play on a Latin word. You know, it means like truth. You know, okay. I was kind of coming up with a... Trying to come up with something. Right. Yeah. I, see, I see your marketing skills. At, 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 <laughs> all right. Well, listen, thank you for being here today. Founder of Redicti Ventures, Managing Director of Rocktree. Kevin thank O'Brien, thanks for coming in. Uh, yeah, I'm... Listen, it's Tech Tuesday. I'm always going to have these conversations, and I, I'm grateful that we're able to have a network of people uh, who can come in. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.